Welcome to Season 3 of Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. This podcast is part of Grow Me a Story, our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative, and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I will be bringing more special guests to you during the year of 2023 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. But on this third Friday in the month of April here in 2023, Carol and I are going to celebrate National Poetry Month by sharing some thoughts about how poetry has impacted us, some ideas for getting started writing your own poetry, and by sharing a few poems of our own. Well, Paul, instead of talking so much about prose, let's talk about poetry and see how it goes. Welcome once again to Dreams and Bones, another episode here in the month of April. Uh, We're getting to the end of the month of April, and it's been a special one for us because April is National Poetry Month, and Carol and I have both in our blogs. We have been daring to post some poetry of our own and talk about that. It's a little bit of a departure somewhat uh, for us, Carol. It always feels like a bit of a risk for me to to share my poetry. Do you feel that same way about mm, your? Yeah, because I have no way of knowing if it's good, if it's bad, if anyone even <laughs> reading it. I don't know. But I feel like for me personally, it's good. It's good to change, you know, change it up, to try those things to do. I've been doing some exercises out of a book called The Writer as an artist by Pat Schneider. And so each week I try a different exercise and try a different attempt at a poem. You know, you like all my stuff. So I always feel like, you know, kids. (laughs) I am not always, you know, Julia Cameron, Julia Cameron uh, talks about, you need uh, someone that is a good catcher's mitt for you. and, And you throw the pitch to them and they, they, they help you understand that, Oh, that was a good pitch. And, and you can be too good at that. Yeah, I should criticize you perhaps a little bit more now and then, but no, I can't. I, know. I can't yeah. do that. So, and, and poetry is is this interesting dilemma at times. I tend to look at poetry sometimes as something that someone else much smarter than me, much more depth uh, than mm. me can can do. Um, I want to. I want to start uh, real quick. I, I again. I've been working my way through, enjoying my way through the elements of style by Strunk and White, which does not sound like an interesting read, but it's been fascinating uh, for me. This morning, uh, in the chapter called "An Approach to Style," the writer says this. In this final chapter, we approach style in its broader meaning, style in the sense of what is distinguished and distinguishing. Here, this writer says, here we leave solid ground. Who can confidently say what ignites a certain combination of words, 
causing them to explode in the mind. Who knows why certain notes in music are capable of stirring the listener deeply, though the same notes, slightly rearranged, are impotent. These are high mysteries, and this chapter is a mystery story thinly disguised. I think that's very poetic prose writing, uh, talking about uh, what what poetry can feel like mm-hmm. sometimes. That's the goal, but who can tell? Yeah. Uh, as the as a writer, I I enjoy what I write, uh, but that does not mean that everyone else will or even needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Maybe I'm just I'm just trying to convince myself that maybe I'm just you know one of those people. It's like way ahead of her time, and when I'm long gone in a hundred years, someone will discover me. And there we love go. Love it. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, that 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 could be. That yes. Could be. So, and and I'm curious. So tell me. Uh, see, I have this memory. One of my early memories of writing, way back in elementary school, is, and I want to say it was second grade, but writing a poem that I remember the four-line stanzas. I remember the A-B-A-B rhyme scheme that I was working with that. I don't think I had that name for it, but I knew that I was following this rhyme scheme and I was finding words. And I'm convinced in my mind, in my memory, that it was at least eight stanzas long. Uh, 32 lines long, which was a long piece of writing for a kid in third grade, but I was just loving it. I have this this memory. I wish I could remember what it was about. I don't remember what it was about. I just remember the pleasure that I had in writing that and turning that into my teacher. And, And I'm sure that if it was Mrs. Brown, that she gave me some good feedback, positive feedback, that made me say, I like to play with words this way. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've always described poetry, is sort of just playing with words mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way than normal. Do you, do you have memories of well, reading poetry, yes, in fact, writing poetry? I have a poem right here. I remember, this is my memory, in sixth grade in Mrs. Tregonin's class, and maybe all the sixth graders had to do this, And I'm not even sure how, what we looked at to choose a poem. I'm sure we had some kind of book or maybe there was, you know, she had given us something. But but this is my memory of the assignment. We had to choose a poem. We had to memorize it. And then we had to Mm. recite it in front of the class. Uh There may have also been, we had to maybe draw a picture and write the poem out too. Uh And so this is the poem, and it has stuck with me. I mean, I remember this from when I was in sixth grade. So it was Daffodils by William Wordsworth. Mm -hmm. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. 
A poet could not be but gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft when on my couch I lie, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. <laughs> Very nice. And as a sixth grade, I'm reading this yeah. now going, I probably didn't even understand half of what this <laughs> thing meant. But again, you know, poetry is subjective, and it I'm is. sure it meant something to me yeah. at that point. Well, it is. It's the it, it's it's images. It's mm-hmm. it, it, and, and and he does a good job of you know talking about the. I mean, we have daffodils growing outside right. our house right now, and the waving of the daffodils, yeah. and the and dancing in the breeze, and fluttering, and tossing their heads, and yes, I um. And I'm just impressed that you had that memorized still. No. Oh wait, you've got a book. <laughs> I have there. a book right oh, here. Okay. I know, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting though. I mean, I I got to the end, and I'm like, I mean, I knew what was coming. Yeah. I knew that. The, you know, kind of talk, you know, when it talked about being on the couch and the pensive mood mm-hmm. and which I probably didn't really understand that maybe mm-hmm. at that time. But but yeah, I mean, it's certainly certainly stuck with me. And yeah. and when we you know, if, I, if I'm with friends and maybe, you know, we bring this up or something or do you remember doing that? And and I think almost all my friends can remember what they what their poem was in that particular song. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project, but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track? This is what Gromia's story is all about. Paul and Carol Willem Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.growmeastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. Let me share one. I Again, I can't remember that poem that I wrote in third grade, and uh, but, but I think that this is the style. I like playing with rib- rhythm and rhyme. I enjoy cadence. I, I hear that, and and I can tell you that this one took me, this particular poem took me well over a year to write uh, because I had the, the first stanza in my head and wrote it down during COVID, <laughs> and then it was one of those slips of papers that I lost, mm-hmm. uh, and then I finally and then came, found I found it again later, and, and I know I've shared this... Uh, uh, at at some point, I think I shared this in my blog, just coffee. I knew I needed coffee as I started on my day. I pulled up to the intercom and I heard a kind voice say, Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order, please? I started to say coffee, but instead let out a sneeze. We're out of that, replied the girl with sweetness in her voice. Please feel free to take your time and make another choice. That sneeze made my voice scratchy. My watery eyes turned red. I tried to cough out, (coughs) coffee. She heard something else instead. Excuse me, sir, but that was rude. 
her sweet voice turned to ice. There is no reason to be crude. Please order and be nice. Apologies, I snorted back. My lungs began to wheeze. Exasperation filled her voice. You want our what with cheese? I tried again. Just coffee, I heard the intercom crack. With lots of crack and crack, please. I cannot drink it crack. If crack is all, please crack ahead to the second wind. Crack, sir. It's been our pleasure to crack you. Of that you can be sure. I pulled away from the window, the cup warm in my hands. My thoughts began to migrate to that day's lengthy plans. I took a sip to jumpstart the defogging of my brains and tasted coffee black. I guess when it pours, it rains. <laughs> That's just playing. I just, uh-huh. I, just, I just get a kick out of that. I, yeah. loved, I loved playing with the dialogue. That's what you get to do with, do with poetry. The, that feeling of, I don't have to follow all of the rules anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can do this however I choose to is, is part, of the, part of the pleasure Mm-hmm. Uh, that I find in in both reading poetry and and in in writing poetry. Well, I did a well, like I said, I've been doing these exercises, and the first exercise you had to write a poem about something that matters, mm-hmm. and so you had to like almost take this image in your head, and and I wrote about our pets, our dog mm-hmm. Cleo and our two cats, Bark and Leaf, and. And it was okay. But then the next one I did was called a random word poem. And I liked this one, partly because I feel like I don't do a good job of describing things Mm. often. Mm. And so what this forced you to do was you made a list of 20 nouns, 10 to 20 random nouns Mm -hmm. on one side of the paper, and then a list of random modifiers on the opposite side. And then you took a line and you drew lines between the most unlikely combinations of that list. And then you wrote a poem using at least five of those unlikely phrases. And what I liked was came up with these images that I wouldn't normally come up with using these things. And then it was kind of fun to then try to come up with something that maybe made sense so so here's the poem I wrote from some of these unlikely phrases, and I called it Spring Backyard. Under a new covering of snow, the drenched fireplace remains cold. The angry daffodils shiver in their beds. No cozy sheets for these spring bloomers. The cobbled crows pick at the itchy cookies in the frozen pottery under the loved willow bush. I sit bundled up on my patio, drinking endless wine and breathing in the stories from my fragrant book. I gaze into a future full of hope reflected in the rose-colored mirror. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, again, if you and I both uh, um, have talked a little bit about the rhythm and the rhyme, and, and I don't know when I realized as a student that poetry did not have to have this rhythm and rhyme that I was 
so used to that 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 drew me to poetry in the first place you know i know that we both read a lot of dr seuss stuff mm -hmm. early mm -hmm. on and and dr seuss is is uh, implanted in our brains yes. and, and some of that rhythm and rhyme the i wish i could recall the exact time when i feel like that i reacted with awe when i realized poetry could was about imagery was about the pictures mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. about word choice and not always just about roses are red violets are blue. yes yeah that there <laughs> yeah. was that there was so much so much more to it than mm -hmm. that you know and i think that that i have i have some poets that i have uh, enjoyed over the years i don't have a i don't have a lot but one of the ones that i really liked what uh, the, the the style that he wrote in was Stephen Crane. Mm -hmm. Stephen Crane is the uh, author of the novel The Red Badge of Courage, a a novel about uh, the Civil War. He did not live through the Civil War. People felt like he must have because of how well he described it, the imagery that mm -hmm. he was able to to write. He was a journalist, and I came across at one point uh, hit, uh, a, a book with. Uh, a collection of his poetry and loved the the style mm -hmm. um, to to use Strunk and White's uh, word from earlier. Yes, the words his poetry exploded in my in my brain in in ways that that I went. Oh, I I really like that. I love that. And uh, I I don't have any Stephen Crane uh, poetry to share with you, but I've got some of what I call for myself, Crane Poetry. Here is, in the style of Stephen Crane, the muse is a creature of leisure. Inspiration is bought with time. So believed the busy man until by accident his hand fell on a pen and a poet poured forth. That's, that's an example of my crane-like uh, poetry. <laughs> well, this week, my poetry exercise, I think this is going to really stretch me. It says, um, it's the classic poem. So take a book of um, that talks about poetry forms. Choose a classic form, a sonnet, a haiku, sestina, and write a poem within that form. Or take as your model a familiar old song. And she uses the example of the song Frankie and Johnny hmm. were sweethearts nice. and oh lordy how they could love. They were true to each other as true as the stars above. He was her man but he done her wrong. Write something in the form you have chosen noticing matters of craft. For example in Frankie and Johnny you might note the internal near rhyme the repetition of O sounds in line two and oo sounds in line three the exact end rhyme on lines two and four, and the near rhyme in the O-T-H of line three, and so forth. Mm -hmm. You may learn about using rhyme, near rhyme, particular stanza forms, and such matters by this kind of literal following of existing forms. Mm -hmm. So the one I like, I had no idea what a sestina was. So, <laughs> but the interesting thing, because um, in this whole poetry month that we've been doing, who is the, who is our former U of I professor that you have been reading about? Uh, Ron McFarland. Ron McFarland. 
And who was the Idaho person, poet, that he referred to in one of his poems? Ezra Pound. Yes. Well, Ezra Pound wrote a very famous Sestina. Really? Yes. So so I found this article about how to write a Sestina. Nice. So a Sestina is a form of poetry that has 39 lines. Hmm. It follows a pattern of repeating six words throughout the six stanzas of the poem. While a sestina may seem daunting at first, you can use the form to write vivid, powerful poems with an interesting rhythm. To write a sestina, start by brainstorming ideas and studying the structure of the poem. Then use sensory detail and imagery to make the poem come to life. Always polish the poem when you are done so it is at its best. (laughs) So... Yeah, you, you can focus on a specific theme or idea, choose a particular experience or moment, and then study the structure of a sestina. Mm-hmm. So the sestina follows a strict pattern where you use the six end words of the first stanza in the remaining five stanzas. Each stanza is six lines long. The poem ends with a three-line envoi, also known as a tornada. If you label each word with a letter, the poem will follow this line pattern. And then there's this whole line Mm -hmm. pattern I'm not going to go into. (laughs) But I thought, whoa, this is going to be interesting. This might be a two-week exercise. I don't know. Take as long as you need. That's right. But I thought, why not? You know, why not just try it? And so Ezra Pound, Sestina Alforte is his famous Sestina, and it's about, it has something to do with Dante and and a castle and a troubadour, and and it's kind of a, yeah, it's very interesting. There's another one called Farm Implements and Rutabagas in a Landscape (laughs) by John Ashbery, Mm -hmm. A Miracle for Breakfast by Elizabeth Bishop, and O Light Red Light by Kathy Park Hong. Well, this is a new one for me, so I'm yes, anxious to look at that and I know. try my own Sestina. Yes, well, I can send you this article. Yeah. and But yeah, I thought, well, why not? I mean, you know, I could do a haiku. I could, you know, that so, would take yeah, that long. Yes. But I thought, well, or I could do a sonnet. I think yep. I, you know, I'm familiar yep. enough with sonnets. Mm-hmm. But I thought, mm-hmm. why not try this yes. and just see what happens? And maybe it will unearth something that Very nice. has been... Buried yeah, deep right. within me. <laughs> you, you know, it is about exploring. And we yes. uh, at Grow Me a Story, we're all about exploring yes. and, and being as creative as as we as we can be. So mm. we want to... And obviously we don't care about sharing perfection. <laughs> oh, that's, that is very good. Yes. Can I, can I close with my own sonnet? Of course. One of, one of my own. This one uh, was written July 27th of 2020. For mom, uh, I call this one Il Sonetto, which is in Italian, Little Song. This is an Italian sonnet, by the way, mm-hmm. so for those of you that care out there. Different from? Different from a uh, Shakespearean yes. sonnet. This is, yes. this is a Petrarchan or Italian sonnet. So. Oh, how can words the story full contain, the fullness you have come to mean to me? Our years require more than a brief refrain to grant the world eyes through which I see. With words, tis how you taught when I was young. 
so sweetly sung and spoken face to face. I longed to hear the chorus from your tongue, to sense the peace and joy of your embrace. And now I long to tell the world of you, as once when I, your child, you told of me. Your tale, not done, a poem brave and true, a sonnet, queen of all the poems you will be. Let all who know of me know of my mother. This song, these words, this life flows from no other. Oh, it's just so much fun. Mm -hmm. So much fun for me, again, to just play around with the language. And, and once more, that's what, that's what we would encourage you to do mm -hmm. throughout the rest of this month. And, 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 and don't beyond. be afraid to, and beyond, and don't <laughs> be afraid to, to share with us. Just a little plug, we are having our day retreats again this summer, summer yes. of 2023, and we are doing one on creating poetry. Yes, a poetry creation adult retreat. Yes. Sounds great. Thank you for joining us for another year of conversations with people who live creative lives. Paul, do you have any final thoughts as we close this episode here in National Poetry Month? Well, Carol, I started off the podcast uh, with a, a quick quote from Strunk and White, the authors of The Elements of Style, and I, I just want to go back there for a minute. I, I read this just this morning and was thinking about our podcast. They say, all writers, by the way they use the language, reveal something of their spirits their habits, their capacities, and their biases. This is inevitable as well as enjoyable. All writing is communication. Creative writing is communication through revelation. It is the self escaping into the open. Again, I think it's uh, so poetic to hear how they share some of their ideas about writing itself, but what that means for us when we're writing poetry. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I feel like I don't want my poetry writing to end just because National Poetry Month is ending. That's so right. I hope to continue exploring that type of writing. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we would like to thank you for listening to this program. Would you like to see what else we do at Grow Me a Story? Visit www.growmeastory.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, read our Fertile Ground blog posts, and find more ways to learn about living a creative life. Join us next Friday for another conversation about expanding your creativity. And don't forget to subscribe to Dreams and Bones on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to any of these apps on your phone and you will be notified each Friday when another episode of Dreams and Bones has been published. Thank you.